0: Hey everyone! Welcome to Sim Racing Media's brand new podcast, The Sim Racing Media Money Stop with Tony and Dave. I'm Dave Regal, alongside one of the best in the business, Tony Trappasso, and we're ready to get this show on the road. So, wherever you are, turn up the volume and join us on the Money Stop. Tony, as always, it's good to be with you, buddy. Uh, glad to be here, starting this new venture with you. And um, quite frankly, I they couldn't have given me a better partner to start off with.
1: I was thinking the same thing about you, Dave. Um, you know, just I know we haven't worked together very long, but you know, it, there's there's a a, a a lot of kinship here. I can feel that you know you and I we're we're of like mindset. So it's always good to be in the booth with you, my friend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, more often than not, I think the only time that you usually have to get that that uh, vaudeville hook and pull me off stage is when I start hemorrhaging baseball information. And that's the last time we're going to mention baseball tonight, folks. I can't make any promises. Watch me. <laughs> I mean, guys, it's it's opening week for baseball season.
1: No? And you're listening Crickets. to a racing podcast.
0: Well, I mean, you know, we do racing, but, you know, here on The Money Stop, there's more than just racing. I mean, we cover everything kind of in the wide world of sports, um, along with some other cool things from the world of iRacing, which, of course, Tony and I both get to work together on a Tuesday night uh, calling the Western States Racing League at 10.15 p.m. on ESBN. And, you know, the first night, I, I remember my first night working with you, and I'm like, I was nervous because I had never done anything professionally. And they were like, so we're going to give you this guy, Tony. Uh, he's going he's gonna to take the lead here, and you just follow along and do as he says. And before I knew it, it I mean, it was like, it was like Jell-O. Everything just kind of came together and stayed put. Um, okay. But I mean, I mean, it stayed t- it stayed put until somebody swished it between their teeth. There we go. There it is. But you know, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that that we've gotten to do. We got to open um, the Way She Goes Racing League over on ESPN. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the world of iRacing. But one of the things that I've been curious about, uh, me personally is the fact that I'm, I'm relatively new to iRacing. I got on the service literally one year and three days ago. Um, so I, I've kind of come quickly into this time, but Tony, you've, you've been into iRacing for years now, seven years and six months. Wow. So in those seven years, what have you seen change? Like, where did it start? You want the short list? <laughs> no, we've got time. Um, well, I mean, when when I
1: first got into the server, they were just starting the whole GT3 revolution. <clears throat> so, um, you know, those cars were just starting to, to appear on the scene. The tire model wasn't anywhere near as accurate as it is today. There wasn't really a damage model per se, especially in some of the... Uh, the, the more exotic cars, uh, simply because they couldn't get their hands on the crash test data from the FIA. Um, and there, there were a a whole lot less tracks, uh, when I first started and the way I got started, um, I used to race with a group in second life and, Nobody was happy with the the physics model that they were using over there, um, and they at first decided to go to R Factor, and then found the iRacing servers, and you know they've been here ever since. And uh, I I originally joined just so I could run on Friday nights in a group that uh, with that group that they called Crash Car, where it was a a thirty minute rolling demolition derby. Um, clear your own black flags, unlimited fast repair, and whoever accumulates the most incident points at the end of that 30 minutes wins.
0: Wow. So, that's, I mean, so basically that was iRacing racing in one of its forms of infancy. I mean, so let's uh, just to unpack some of that. I mean, now you talked about, um, <clears throat> damage models and things, but we're talking about folks is, you know, the cars that are scanned into iRacing. racing, they're laser scanned, and then they take data from actual wrecks and things that happen on real tracks, and they load that into some kind of computer server. I, I got to be honest with you, it to me, it's it's like sorcery what they're able to do as far as getting things to react as if they would in the real world.
1: Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of computational programs out there that will help with that, but you know, the fact that they they have access at least with the NASCAR end of things, they have access to all the crash data that NASCAR puts those cars through to make sure that we don't have another Adam Petty or Dale Earnhardt situation arise. Um, You know, iRacing was able to say, okay, they, they hit something head on at this speed. This is what the car looks like afterwards. And then they put that into this computer program. And that's how we got the damage model to to begin with. But with, um, you know, the different fluid dynamic programs that are out there now, it's so much easier to be more accurate with the the crash physics. And, you know, that's that's the one thing that I've, I've liked since I started. I mean, there's a couple of times where they had to roll it back because it's like, yeah, no, this car is not drivable anymore, but you know, they, they've really um, taken the time to get that right. And, and, you know, that's something I really appreciate with the, uh, the iRacing admins over there towards Boston. And, you know, the fact that they're willing to take the time, they're willing to put the money into it. And, you know, we're, we're better off to have this, this is the most realistic racing simulator on the market today.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, me personally, I came over from the NASCAR heat series. I mean, growing up, um, I was always more of a, you know, EA sports NASCAR, you know, pick a year, 2004, so on right. and so forth. Right. Um, so actually a, a friend of mine who's now he runs a, a an Xfinity league that goes on Monday nights, <clears throat> um, my Xbox died and I was ready to replace it. And he's like, why don't you go PC? And I, I had always been a console gamer and he's like, go PC and come over to iRacing. I'm like, eh, you're crazy. You know, I've, I heard about iRacing and I, of course, this was still pre pandemic at that point. Right. And he goes, nah, just come over. So, you know, stocked a little money to the side and went PC came over to iRacing. And I mean, my life has changed. I mean, I'm sitting here hanging out with you, a year and a few days later. And I mean, I don't think I could have ever imagined where I'd be without the iRacing community. I mean, just the very, I, I downloaded uh, NASCAR ignition, uh, 21 or 22. Yeah. Um, off of steam. And I, I have to be honest, I'm not happy with it. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, um, it's not iRacing, racing and like now I'm completely spoiled. Well, as here's, a here's
1: the thing: going from iRacing racing back to that game would be almost the equivalent of you might just as well go back to pole position on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred at that point.
0: Right, and and that was one of the things I noticed. I mean, I was I went out and and was testing at Charlotte and the car wasn't reacting the way that I thought it should, because what I thought it should was based on racing at that point, because muscle memory just completely, you know, has me pre-programmed at this point, you know, right. where I expect one thing, I get something different. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's a bad, that it's a bad game. I'm not trying to take away from console gamers. If that's your thing, folks, that's, that's totally up, up to you, right? Right, um, no. I mean, and and, and
1: there, there it's this is not a knock on the consoles, it's no, just, not at it's all. It's two different audiences. Um, the people that go to iRacing are the ones that want this more simulation, you know, they want to know what their favorite driver is feeling on a Sunday afternoon or, or you know, or whatever. Whereas the console on the console side, it's a video game, right. Plain and and simple. It's just there to enjoy driving pixels around a pixelated track.
0: Right. And I I think that was one of my big things. I mean, my boss, uh, you know, who got me into this was like, oh man, wait till you see the graphics. And he was sending me, you know, clips of him out on the track. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. But it wasn't until I sat down at my PC and I'm like, oh my God, my life has changed. You know, it, it was like I had seen the light. And I mean, from what I gather from, you know, different podcasts and and articles and YouTube videos that I've seen, um, specifically the Dale Jr. download, it sounds like there were people on Papyrus software that were, you know, back in the 90s. Back in the late
1: 90s, um, <clears throat> what actually became iRacing was started by some of the heads from the old Papyrus where you had NASCAR 94, NASCAR 96, NASCAR 98 in um, those games. Those led the way to what we know is is, is iRacing today. It, you know, NIM Cross being a perfect example there. NIM was one of the higher-ups of Papyrus. And um, you know, the, the deal came along. It's like, okay, how can we integrate the the old dial-up servers more integrate it into what we're doing and, and have people be able to race around the world without having to spend you know, a thousand dollars a month on a phone bill because it wasn't an 800 number you dialed into. There was, you know, you were, you were calling Boston.
0: Yeah. I, excuse me. I always tell the story that Dale Jr. was explaining that he and Mm -hmm. his brother, Kerry ran up like a crazy long distance bill, because of course, back then long distance was a thing, you know, it wasn't nationwide because you were on a wireless signal, but you know, I, I, I'm I, me personally, just because I'm 33, like I'm not, I'm not old enough, I guess is the, is you, you missed the 56 K modem deal. I mean, uh, we had the 56 K modem and it was like, don't pick up the phone. Cause you're going to knock someone off. Right. But I never got to do any gaming because I was just a younger guy. I was a kid, you know, so I wasn't into that kind of thing at that time. So I can't even imagine what the latency would be, you know, the lag between your computer, the server, and the person at the other end.
1: Well that that was
0: the that was the biggest thing
1: was because you know you're on a, a dial up, I'm on a dial up. You're, you know, in Philly, and I'm in Syracuse. You know, if you thought the lag, if you thought, think the lag is bad now, um, you you haven't seen anything until you've been on a 56k modem race before because that was just nightmarish at times, you know, especially for the bigger events, you know, because they, they would host, you know, Indy 500s uh, or or, uh, Daytona 500s and Indy 400s. And you'd have so many people in the servers. The servers would just flat out give up in the middle of a race. And next thing you know, everybody's getting booted from the server
0: because they crashed See that's incredible to me. I mean, now if if you see one person blinking, you know, or flashing in your race, everybody's on race chat going, "Hey man, you're you're flashing, you're blinking," you know, and and it's such a big deal and it's only one person, you know. So to me that's it's yeah, that so that it three people blinking. Oh gosh. Yeah, that that would be impossible. Now the so and the crazy thing is now iRacing has gotten to the point, especially, don't get me wrong, a lot of it was the help of the COVID 19 pandemic, bringing iRacing to the forefront. Um, of course, with NASCAR as their partner. Right. Um, one of the things that did really draw me in and get me ready to race was watching, you know, the Fox broadcasts of NASCAR races. And of course, that gives way to SDK and all these other, you know, Basically, streaming platforms for overlays and graphics and whatnot. And it brings us to, you know, who we work for Sim Racing Media and Esports Broadcasting Network. So, I guess uh, basically, first question is over here at Sim Racing Media and and ESPN, we're basically bringing you, you know, six days a week of racing um, broadcast with, and I'm not saying full you know 1080p but as close as it can get uh broadcast quality and if you look at the graphics i mean to be completely honest there are days where i'm looking at the graphics on my monitor here at home and then i i watch you know a replay of you and i doing western states or myself doing you know way she goes and i'm thinking wow the graphics are that much better compressed and then transmitted through youtube um but we do six nights of broadcasting at espn i mean which to you folks at home or in the car or or working right now that's a lot of work and basically we are a broadcast company i'm not saying exactly like fox or nbc uh or anything like that of course we're still basically amateurs but there are several professionals including yourself and you know, Frank Marchese, and am I saying his name right? Yes. Okay, Frank Marchese, you know, of course, Frank being associated with who he is, and... um, Yeah, Frank actually, this
1: is the only time I'm ever going to actually bring up this topic with you on purpose. Frank is actually the in-studio producer for the San Diego Padres.
0: Yeah, and... I mean, knowing that there's people like that involved with SRM and ESPN, I mean, that gives a lot of legitimacy to what we're doing. Again, we're not, we're not Fox. Mike Joy is not coming over to hang out with us on Tuesday night while we call the Western States Racing League. He's not coming over on, you know, Wednesday night for Thunderclap. But at the same time, you know, we're a legitimate organization, We have employees, we have people that are working all week long to get graphics right. And, you know, it's not just, there's a whole lot that people don't see behind the scenes. You know, discord is, I, I always think it's interesting. I get worried when discord is quiet for several hours. Yeah. It's like when you have kids at
1: home and like, they're, they're not raising all different kinds of hell. You're like, Oh God, what do they get into now?
0: Exactly. And when discord gets quiet, I start staring and I'm like, okay now, and then I'll refresh and no, then I close the app and I reopen it. And all of a sudden it it explodes with people who were working on stuff behind the scenes, you know, Frank working on, on SDK overlays and, you know, James and John getting sponsors and, and opportunities like this podcast, you know, we're out here, they're out they're back there, um, producing and getting things set up so that guys like you and I can slide into the booth and call a race and bring as close of a of a simulated real-world broadcast to the watchers and the listeners every week. Um, iRacing, one of the things that I know that you and I have talked about several times, not only is it the only thing that you can do as far as video gaming or a simulated activity that's close to the real world, but broadcasting iRacing is basically the same thing as what we do in the real world um, or what they do in the real world. Right, right. You know, for instance, during the pandemic, Mike Joy is sitting at a computer monitor in his house watching what they're doing on iRacing, doing legitimately what we do every week. And to me, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's the one thing I love about iRacing is the fact that, you know, you... you you get to experience more than, more than any other simulator video game, whatever you want to refer to them as out there. um, You know, you're not taking hits when you play Madden. You're not, you know, doing a juke move on somebody, uh, you know, playing NBA 2K. Um, You you know, you're not really swinging a bat or throwing a ball in uh, MLB the show. In iRacing, your favorite driver on a Sunday afternoon, they've got a steering wheel in their hand and a pedal at their feet. Guess what? What do you have at your desk? A steering wheel in your hands and pedals at your feet. Um, you know, so, and, and the physics model, iRacing goes through a lot to make sure that they get these physics models right. And sometimes it's annoying. It's like, okay, well, we changed this, 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 and this. Why? And then you get into the car and drive it. Oh, that's why, because the car is so much more responsive now. Um, you know, and it races better, and it's no longer you know follow the leader on the low low side. Now you've got two and three lane racing, and that's going to continue to improve as you know more people log into the server and allows iRacing to invest more money into these physics engines. Um, you know, but getting back to what you're saying about us broadcasting six nights a week. Uh, currently on monday nights we've got the cleanracing.net cup series at 8 30. tuesday we just picked up the uh, night shift racing league that starts at noon eastern time
0: tell me Uh, that's not the coolest idea
1: that's the greatest idea i've ever heard of and you know i i know when i was working third shift it, it sucked because i couldn't do a lot of i-racing and now you know you've got leagues like night shift racing and it's very popular. I mean, they, they've they been getting 30-car fields weekly.
0: Um, well, you know, and to me, Night Shift Racing, the Night Shift Racing League, That when I first saw that pop up in Discord and when it was being discussed, I, I thought to myself, wow, that's interesting. I mean, just like you're saying, you know, when you were working third shift, not a whole lot of ability to go out and do a race, you know, in a league. Because, of course, most leagues, as you see by our schedule, you know, 7.30, 8.30, 9.30, or 10.15, you know, on Tuesday nights. Right. But, I mean, iRacing, because it's so versatile, is able to accommodate different types of people because it accepts the fact that as a wor- as a world community, and iRacing itself is a worldwide community, is able to look at these people who are working second and third shift and be like, all right, we- we've got a place for you. So, Well, here's the other thing, too, is it's not just people that are working second and third shift over here in the States. It's
1: people that are living, like, in Australia that want to run a cup league but don't want to have to do it at 9 a.m. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, you know, a so 12-hour you know, difference, you know, now they're able to do it at, you know, a semi-reasonable time to still allow them to get some sleep and be able to go to work the next day. But you figure we've got one league on Monday that, that's the cleanracing.net. We have three on Tuesday with uh night shift racing league, the all-american racing league, and western states. Wednesday's a th- uh, triple header with uh thunderclap at 8:30, way she goes racing at nine, and ghost cup series at 9:10. Thursday, uh, is usra truck series uh, at seven. Friday. We kick off at 8.30 with the iRacing East Circle B Diecast Super Speedway Series, uh, WSR at 9, and then uh, the KMM Cup Series uh, at 9.30. Saturday, we're reserving that for uh, specialty shows only, like uh, charity races and and so on like that. And Sunday, we've got a quadruple header most of the time. Uh, As a matter of fact, this Sunday is going to be very busy. With the uh, IFL F1 series at 3:30, and ISNF Cup series is going to be starting at 3:30 as they go to the Coke 600 at Charlotte this this week. So it's going to be a very long day for both Jason Sofford and myself on Sunday uh, with those two races going on. Then fired up esports league is at 7:30, and then Sunday night NASCAR at eight thir- at eight thirty. I mean, there's a lot of racing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, not trying to take away from us at SRM, but, you know, these shows here, there's four, seven, eight, 11, 14, 15 shows that we do on SRM. But if you're, if if you're out there and you're on iRacing and you're thinking, number one, the coolest part about my opinion, the coolest part about getting involved with the league on iRacing, it doesn't affect your safety rating or your I rating, Right. You, the idea is to go out there and have fun with a bunch of like-minded people. That's exactly um, it. You know, for instance, uh, Davis Brothers Roofing Sunday Night NASCAR this past Sunday night was a complete caution fest. Uh, eventually, it took me out too, because uh, of course I race in the SNN League. But um, you know, in those caution fests where I wound up with twelve X before the end of the before the end of the race, if that was a real race, you know, a public race my safety rating would have just nosedove right into the ground and i might as well have gone back to racing legend you know the the legend cars pretty much um which it was just a rough race so when you're out there now you can work on your craft a little bit without the fear of losing i rating or safety rating and a lot of these leagues that we see are fixed race uh fixed race setups so and not only fixed race but also fixed qualify We'll get into that. But a lot of these leagues are fixed setup leagues, so it's a a lot more onus on the drivers out there on track to try to beat one another with their skill, not just with a setup that they've purchased from, you know, one of the myriad of setup shops that are available online. But, I mean, there's a whole world out there, and Tony, I, I think that you'll share my sentiment that, Here at SRM and, you know, the Money Stop podcast with you and I, we're trying to bring a little bit more light to those darker corners. Right. You know, because there's a whole community. Uh, I mean, without iRacing, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know, you know, Mr. James Riles, of course, or any of the people that I hang out with from SRM or Sunday Night NASCAR, so on and so forth. Oh, yeah you know there's a community kind of thing and it's it's really cool to experience and i mean one of the one of the things that i see especially when it comes to community is a league like western states racing league yes they're on season 46 and i know that you and i gush over the fact that they're on season 46 but wow like you figure running two running
1: two seasons a year they've been around for 23 years. So we're talking pre nine 11 is when those
0: guys started. Right. And, and at the other end of the spectrum is the way she goes racing league on Wednesday nights, you know, way she goes is on their first year. They just came over from NASCAR heat and I assume NASCAR ignition, Yeah, but, um, they just came over from console gaming and way she goes racing league is at the other end of the spectrum, where they're in their first year on iRacing, and of course their first year with us at SRM, and Natalie Cunningham and Kevin Kitsman have put together this neat community that brings together so many different types of people from all over the country, and they get together to race every week. You know, with limited argue, you know, you don't hear anybody on race chat screaming at one another. Yeah, they're they're not
1: they're not cussing up a storm and you know mother effing somebody.
0: No. And one of the things, and I had mentioned it to a friend of mine. One of the things that I really like is the encouragement that I hear during race, during races for way she goes racing league. You know, you don't hear anybody cutting one another down. They're encouraging one another. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I took you out, but you know, you're still up there. So on and so forth. It's just a really cool dynamic that they've, that they've put together. And it goes from First, you know, first seasons on SRM and on iRacing to the Thunderclap series, Tony.
1: Oh yeah. I mean there's there's another perfect example of a dichotomy of, of guys that you know they just recently came over into the iRacing servers from the console world. And but the thing is, the majority of the people in the Thunderclap field actually work in the real world garages for the truck series for the cup series for the xfinity series so those guys are seeing everybody each other on the weekends a lot of them are working in race shops with each other um you know so they're able to cut up you know hey uh you guys gonna have the same luck that you had on on wednesday night this week probably not i hope we don't put the car in the wall you know something along those lines But, you know, there's there's a real camaraderie over there. And iRacing, and I've said this for many years, being as I was a mechanic in a racing garage, one of the best tools a mechanic can, can have is the iRacing server. Because you're able to more accurately experience than any other simulator or video game out there, what that car is actually doing or what that truck is actually doing. So when your driver comes over the radio and says, hey, X, Y, Z, and you had the same thing Wednesday night during the league race, you know how to fix it more, more readily than someone who's never been behind the wheel, someone who you know doesn't get, you know, doesn't get a chance to experience what that driver is experiencing. Like, okay, I changed this, this, and this, and I picked up a tenth. A 10th might not seem like a lot to the average person off the street, but a 10th can be about three truck, three car lengths, uh, on a track. So, you know, if you can pick up even half of that and get the driver more comfortable, that's a, one of the best tools that a a racing mechanic can have in their toolbox.
0: I mean, absolutely. And one of the when you talk about that 10th of a second being 3 car lengths it does bring us to where we're going to be at this weekend in real life NASCAR at Martinsville Speedway which is 0.526 miles around and you know Martinsville definitely down there in the breadbasket of NASCAR country as of course it started in the southeast you know to me when i start to hear Na- track names like Martinsville, Darlington. Uh, unfortunately, we don't go there anymore, but Rockingham. That's when I get excited as a fan because I, I grew up in the Northeast. I- I grew North up- Wilkesboro, for that matter. Absol- oh, man. And I'm excited about this, you know, where we get to see those tracks come into to play. Because as somebody who grew up not in the heart of NASCAR country, I mean, near me, I had Dover and Pocono. And... <laughs> They're not... Let's let's face it. You and I both grew up in dirt country. Absolutely. You know, exactly. You know, one of the guys from the fire company I grew up with used to go to Big Diamond every weekend over outside of Pottsville, Pennsylvania. You know, we had shell hammers in uh, just outside of Leesport. You know, small dirt tracks. Mechanicsburg. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so for me, getting to a real racetrack like Pocono or Dover probably not happening but on TV and radio they put such a such an emphasis on these classic tracks like Martinsville that I get excited especially for short track racing I mean and obviously it's enough this weekend going to Martinsville that uh, my guy Dale Earnhardt Jr is going to be out there in the number 88 Hellman's car I mean it gets me excited because the Hall of Famer is making a return to the track. Of course, he's out there because Hellman says, hey, listen, we want you out there. We're going to pay for you to be out there. But it, and it of course, brings a ton of eyeballs to the track. Dale Jr., of course, working for NBC, but going to be bringing those ratings to Fox, I'm sure, this weekend in Martinsville. I mean, what are you feeling about, how, like, how does it, how do you feel when you see retired drivers and at this point, Hall of Fame drivers getting back behind the wheel? It
1: depends on the driver. It really does depend on the driver. You know, there are some drivers that are young enough, like Dale, that, you know, can still climb behind the wheel and be effective. I mean, I would love to see Jeff Gordon do the same thing. You know, you're talking about drivers that are around my age, that if it was any other industry out there, um, you know, if you're working in an office, you're not retiring at 45. Forget that. You know, it, it's it's only in the sports world that you see people go into retirement from their prime. You know, it, and, and there are some drivers who've hung on and hung on arguably too long. Um, I, I actually worked for one of those team owners. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world simply because I learned how to do things old school with him. And I do cherish those times, but, you know, when you've, when you've got somebody that can still turn a wheel, you know, I've seen Dale Jr. in the Sims, you know, just eating everybody's lunch and, you know, the, the fact that he still has that drive, he still has, um, you know, that, that, that chutzpah, if you will you know it's it's good on him for being able to climb back behind the wheel and the fact that Hellman's is uh you know willing to put him in a car for this race you know that's that's exciting uh, again i would i would love to see you know guys like jeff jeff gordon come back i would love to see tony stewart have one more crack at something something big um you know he but tony's having a lot of fun on the dirt tracks now so we're probably not going to see that happen and jeff jeff's actually prepping for um for le mans as uh, Hendrick Motorsports announced uh, last week that they're prepping a, uh, a a next-gen car to run under Garage 56 at Le Mans. I did
0: see that. And, I mean, you know, we sit here and we talk about, you know, Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr., and, and I was always, because of me being... As the age that I am, I remember still at the beginning of his broadcast career, people like Daryl Waltrip going out and running special races, you know, when right. when Michael had started, you know, Michael Waltrip racing. And I, I used to think, especially when when DW had gotten to that age that I was like, gee, I don't know, man, maybe it's time to just hang it up. But I, I me personally now. I still feel like Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. can go out there and get it done. But you know, even when I look, you know, you and I can sit and reminisce on drivers that we grew up watching, or that you know we were in the prime of of fandom watching. But I look at I look at the uh, the power rankings every week. I don't know how much stock you put into NASCAR's power rankings. I try not to. But well, I. I generally try not to but it's also good to get familiar with new faces and I mean Ryan Blaney who's not who's not old he's kind of right there in the middle is somehow sitting atop the uh, the power rankings followed by Kyle Larson which of course you know we all know what's going on there Chase Elliott but there are starting to be new faces that we're seeing in NASCAR, you know, uh, we're going through that evolutionary period where drivers like Jimmy Johnson are retired and and have moved on to something different, you know, an open wheel. Or right now, the coolest evolution that I'm watching is Kevin Harvick and his son Keelan now getting into racing. Right. Um, you know, so we're we're getting ready to watch that evolution take shape again. You know, when I was, oh gosh, I was probably 14, 15, 16 in that range. When they had the young guns promotion, I think it was like degree deodorant or something that they were running with. Gillette. Gillette. Uh, the young guns. I mean, to me, and of course, those were the drivers that I paid attention to at that time. Um, you know, so as I look down the list, I mean William Byron and Alex Bowman. I you know, I look at William Byron, perfect example, driver of the number twenty-four Chevy from Hendrick Motorsports. He's not Jeff Gordon. Because Jeff Gordon's now old. Jeff older, Gordon's old enough to be his father. Which is wild. But he gets to drive that iconic number 24. Oh, absolutely. You know, so as we look, as as you start to look down the list or or on the leaderboard on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you're seeing those new names. And out there in podcast land, I mean, folks, you, you have to understand that you you basically NASCAR is the same as a lot of other sports you're you're cheering for clothing you're cheering for laundry you know you can be a fan of the Dallas Cowboys ashamed of mediocrity but at the end of the day you're rooting for a star because Roger Staubach retired 30 years or 40 years ago you know Troy Aikman is now on his is getting ready to start his second broadcasting stint at ESPN now um Or, God forbid, you're a fan of an ashamed team like the Phillies where there is no more Mike Lieberthal. There is no more Mike Schmidt. There's new guys. So even as a NASCAR fan, I know that some people do fall off over time because they think, gee, my favorite driver's retired now and I don't have anybody to root for. But you do. Because you're still rooting for the number 24 or you're still watching the 88. Y- you know, Dale Jarrett hasn't driven the 88 in how many years now? Uh, Dale Jarrett? Wasn't almost Dale Jarrett? 20? Yeah, there we go. You know, Dale Jar- Jarrett hasn't driven the 88 in almost 20 years. Dale Earnhardt hasn't gotten, you know, hasn't points raced in five. Y- you know, so now you're looking at the 88 and you're like, well, gee. I don't know if I can like these new people. <laughs> you can either like it and and accept it or or you know you're gonna be in a really weird spot as a fan. you know I, I just think that we need as we look at the power rankings, Kevin harvick's Kevin Harvick's picture shows that hairline getting further and further back on his head. I remember when he made his first cup start i do I do remember that. I you know, and that was when he was over with RCR. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house when he won that first race. I, you know, so that was three races after they lost the patriarch of that team. So that race happened literally. So the day that we lost Dale Earnhardt on February 18th, 2001, that was literally the first race that I had ever watched flag to flag. It it was so for me, I was, I of course knew who Dale Earnhardt was and I had caught races in pieces but losing Dale that way I was like gee I, I feel like I never knew you because I didn't you know and then when I when I started watching of course back then reading a newspaper kids at home newspapers used to be about 50 cents you could get them in a funny looking machine on the sidewalk at random and if you put the 50 cents in you could even steal like three or four papers if you were trying to get coupons coupons are not codes they used to have barcodes on them and you had to scan them in a store you used to have but to cut them out with scissors. Scissors that weren't safety scissors. They were usually, my dad had this big pair of scissors that I swear could have like cut your arm off.
1: Yeah, like the, whole, the horse hair scissors.
0: Yes. But, you know, I remember reading that and getting myself invested in NASCAR that way because I was like, well, gee, this guy, I, you know, of course I knew who, who he was from the NASCAR games. But I didn't mm-hmm. understand the gravity of the situation because of my age. Well, I remember in high school, I had a,
1: a statistics uh, teacher that NASCAR used to be his time of year to shine because we would go through the points every Monday and go through you know statistics of you know how many how many times did this person lead this season? How many times you know is this person starting a poll this season? How many times you know do we see a top ten out of out of these four drivers? You know, and it, I used to look forward to that because he brought statistics into something that I could relate to, whereas I'm sure you being a baseball head, if he had done the same thing with Major League Baseball, you would have been the first
0: person in that class every day. Um. So fun fact, my, my econ and POD teacher in high school, uh, Mr. Dave Voigt was also the baseball coach in high school. And Mm -hmm. that was how he talked about economics, talking about baseball. It's, you know, talk about teachers who were able to reach their students with something non-traditional. Dave Voigt had it down to a science. Um, Pun intended. Yes. That being said, you know, we do, it is interesting to start crossing platforms, you know, and, and look at, These are statistics for racing. These are statistics for baseball. And I mean, baseball, Tony, I'm doing it. Here we go. Baseball, Tony, listen, two days away for the official opening day for Major League Baseball, three days away until yours truly is sitting in the ballpark in South Philadelphia. Freezing your stones off because it's supposed to snow this weekend. I don't care. I could be sitting in a foot of snow. As long as the field is clear enough to play baseball on, they'll be there. I Good mean, luck. you know, there's a whole lot of other things going on in the world of sports, folks. Um, of course, last night was the NCAA. That was last night, right? Oh. Edit this out if you have to. Last night was the um, <clears throat> the NCAA men's national championship for basketball and of course the Kansas Jayhawks coming away victorious over UNC and i mean the Tar Heels did put up a good fight but they were the 8 seed playing a 1 seed i mean i'm not a basketball guy uh, first and foremost because i'm short and fat but i'll tell you what to to be an 8 seed to wind up playing that 1 seed that had to be a daunting task absolutely uh, some of the other things going on in sports, of course, we covered opening day. By the way, folks, mm. it's coming 2 days just in case you didn't hear the first time. Of course, the NBA is getting ready to go into their playoffs. Some teams punching their tickets to the playoffs including the Philadelphia 76ers. But there's a ton of things going on and speaking of things going on, we do want to encourage everybody to check out what's going on on ESPN and Sim Racing Media. Head over to YouTube and um check out the sim racing media and esbn pages on YouTube, specifically ESBN, because that's where you can find Tony and I. Yeah, it's um, esports broadcasting
1: network. You do have to spell it out over on YouTube.
0: Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. i I just kind of followed my links. But um, you know, check us out over there. There's a ton of stuff going on every week. Um, like we had just talked about a little earlier. We've got six days of racing. If you like hanging out with Tony and I, here on the uh, the Money Stop podcast, we are on... Uh, actually, we're getting ready in about an hour and a half. We're recording this, of course, on Tuesday evening. About an hour and a half, we'll be going green in the Western States Racing League. Where are we tonight? That's a good question. Homestead. 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 Norm- Homestead tonight. So it's yes. suburban Miami. Um, and folks, if you pay attention to any other podcast, like the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz, you'll learn a lot about Homestead. As they've talked about it quite often, it's suburban Miami, but we'll be there with the Western States racing league tonight, tomorrow, Tony, you're with Thunderclap. Where's Thunderclap this week? You had to ask me a simple question, didn't you? Oh my God. Fontana. Fontana. So a uh, suburban Los Angeles and, uh, and you'll, tomorrow be at, and I,
1: you'll be at Richmond with Way she goes.
0: I will. And I'll tell you what, if the last couple of races that I've been a part of for Richmond are any indication, it looks like I'm going to have my hands full. Yes. Uh,
1: believe, I believe you're going to have James Riles in the booth with each will
0: Actually, tomorrow night for uh, Way She Goes Racing League, I will have a brand new partner in the oh, booth alongside of me. right. Greg McConey yes. is going to be with me uh, as James Riles has got another uh, obligation. So he has given me the the privilege of hanging out with Greg for a couple of hours and watching some really good racing.
1: Greg's a good dude. You're going You're going to get along well with him. But uh, Thursday's the the race this week that I'm really looking forward to. And this is one of those races that when the schedule was announced, both Frank Marchese and myself circled this day on our calendar. Uh, the USRA t Truck Series goes to round number 10 at Five Flags.
0: Oh, man. That's exciting. I know. It has no business being there. That's what <laughs> makes it exciting.
1: Exactly. And if what those guys did last week at uh, New Hampshire is any indication of what we can look forward to this week it's going to be one hell of a race at Five Flags. Pensacola, Florida, always a fun track.
0: You know, and when you say, just to, to circle back a little bit, because I can't stress it enough, you know, you talk about Frank Marchese, and here's, here's how you know that iRacing and sim racing media matters. Here's a guy who works as a board op in studio for the San Diego Padres, but he thinks that this is cool enough to circle that date on his calendar. So guys and gals out there in podcast land, make sure that you circle that tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Thursday. You know, Oh, sorry, Thursday. I got my days right. But, you know, Tony, for our first podcast, I think we've done pretty well. We've covered a, a broad area here. Um, you know, kind of felt to things out a little bit. The only thing I do want to finish off on is something we
1: did not mention, considering that all the other seasons are going into their playoffs coming up. Uh, My Buffalo Bandits in the uh, National Lacrosse League, uh, indoor box lacrosse professionally, clinched a uh, playoff berth as they uh, currently lead the Eastern standings. 13 wins, 2 losses, and the Toronto Rock are the only other team in the entirety of the
0: league that have clinched a playoff berth. Yeah, of course. My, uh, I'm not. I kind of fell off from the Wings this season. I I don't even know how I fell off. I'm not even sure if the Wings made it to the playoffs. Not yet, seven and eight. They still have a shot at. That's it. That's what I thought. Um, I but know that they just had beaten the Riptide like eleven to eight.
1: They did um, the, the New York Riptide, uh, but uh, Frank's team, the uh, the San Diego Seals, who actually he actually um, goes in prior to those games and hangs all the banners on the boards. Uh, that is so, so cool. San Diego Seals uh currently leading the west at 9 and 4. They're uh they're currently tied with the Colorado Mammoth at, who are 9 and 6.
0: Yeah, and folks, you know, you may think that that lacrosse is kind of a weird sport because you've more likely seen lacrosse played on open fields and it kind of looks like field hockey and it kind of looks like, you know, playing catch with a with a stick. But Indoor lacrosse is hockey without skates. That's exactly it's, what it is. It's fast. It's furious. And I mean, if you live near or in one of these cities with an NLL team, like I do here in Philadelphia with, with the wings, or you up there with, you've got the Rochester Nighthawks. Well, well here's
1: the thing. You've got the Buffalo Bandits, the Rochester Nighthawks. Toronto is only a four-hour drive. Um, and then we've got the Albany Werewolves and the New York Riptide.
0: Yeah, I mean, so if there's you're in six or near
1: teams that I could go see,
0: absolutely. And if you're in or near one of those, number one, tickets not expensive at there's, all. No, they're like twenty bucks. Yeah, and I mean, you're still sitting in an amazing seat. It's comfortable. It's and they play music the whole time. It's just a really good fan experience. Check out the NLL. Um, look in your city. See. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. In Philadelphia, you would have to look to know if you have if we have lacrosse. You know? right, because it, and, it's it, it's not big down there, no. And the New York Riptide themselves are actually a reincarnation of the once upon a time New York Titans. Mm-hmm. that lasted two seasons before going to Miami and then evaporating right.
1: but I you mean, know? i'm I'm looking at the 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 rosters right now. You've got Buffalo, Toronto, Halifax, Nova Scotia, um Atlanta, Georgia with the swarm. Philadelphia Wings, Albany Albany Firewolves, New York Riptide, Rochester Nighthawks. That's just the Eastern Division. Western Division, you got San Diego, um, Denver, Colorado with the Mammoth, uh, Calgary up in Alberta uh, with the Roughnecks.
0: uh, Is it wrong that I always picture an old woman in a nursing home when I hear the word Alberta? Uh,
1: Anyways... Uh, you got Panther City, which I'm not 100% certain exactly where that is. Then you've got Vancouver and Saskatchewan. So tell me they don't love the lacrosse up in Canada.
0: Definitely a Canadian-based sport. But, you know, like I said, folks, this week, I, I you know, as, as exciting as lacrosse is, I'm, I'm still going to pull on it. It's baseball season, buddy. We're getting there. I'm getting to it. But... Listen, folks, we're glad to have had you had you in here uh with the Sim Racing Media Money Stop Podcast with Tony and Dave. And um, Tony, listen, I appreciate hanging out with you. I know that the fans are gonna like it. We we want you guys to look forward to it every week. I'm not sure which day this podcast is gonna drop, but that all depends on James Riles. That's exactly right. When it does drop, that will be the day that you need to look for it every week. And you can um, find you can find the link to the podcast when it does go
1: up. On the Sim Racing Media Facebook page, and if there's a topic you want us to cover in a future podcast, go ahead and drop a comment on the uh, the Sim Racing Media Facebook page. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about, and we'll try to make it happen for
0: you. Absolutely, and uh, I do have, uh, you know, I'm not trying to tease it too hard, but we do have a, an iRacing e Coca-Cola series uh, segment coming as um, our our friend. Joseph, oh my Not god, free. I just, thank you, hold on, okay, edit that one out. As we do have our good friend Joseph Lester going to be our NASCAR iRacing eCoca-Cola series correspondent, giving us a report every podcast, so check us out. Don't be afraid to uh, tell us what you think. If there's something you don't like, tell us. If there's something you do like, tell us. You know, we're going to have some really cool interviews coming up uh, with some people in the NASCAR community and outside the NASCAR community, or iRacing community that is. So, folks, for Tony Trapasso and I, I'm Dave Regal here with the Sim Racing Media Money Stop Podcast, thanking you for coming along with us on this ride and getting ready to drop the green flag on this podcast. So. Tony, it was good to hang out with you, buddy.
1: Absolutely. And uh, on behalf of my broadcast partner, Mr. Dave Regal, this is Tony Chepass, reminding the ladies and gentlemen that as you walk down the road of life, don't play in traffic. Good night, everybody.
0: Good Night, everybody.